and welcome along to the Family and Friends podcast. My name is Maxi. I'm one of the producers here at Family Creative, and this is our new weekly podcast. Each week we plan to introduce you to some of the guys that we work with quite regularly and some people that we haven't even worked with at all yet. Our guest this week is the amazing Jordan Mulvaney. He's actually the first person we've featured uh, from an agency on the podcast, so quite excited for that. Originally from Dublin, he's been in London now for a couple of years. We talk about a number of things, you know, him working his way through the ranks uh, in that company in Dublin. We also come full circle, you know, back around to some of the recent work we've done together. The Samsung KX collaboration series in King's Cross being one of those. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Family and Friends with Jordan Mulvaney. Jordan, thank you so much for joining us. Hello. Hey, you doing, mate? <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to be so giggly now. I've just had a sip of Copperberg and it's Friday vibes. Is that what it takes? <laughs> All it takes. Uh, a bit of Copperberg, a bit of cider, sloshing it around. Beautiful. Friday vibes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, mate, it's going to be a yeah, good weekend. What, have you, you got much planned? Have I got much planned? Not really, no. Like, my boyfriend's there over the weekend. I see some friends, but only maximum six people. Maximum six maximum people. Maximum six people. We're abiding by the rules. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think we're just going to be hanging Mm. Excellent, mate. Um, before we get into like your uh, personal history, but um, when it comes to the creative sector yeah. and uh, your journeys, you know, in, into the world that we currently work in, mm-hmm. um, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, you know, where are you from? Where did you go to school? Uh, you know, what what do you tell people? Well, I'm. I've God, I'm so awkward when I have a microphone in front of me and it's recording. <laughs> um, well, where will I start? So basically, I'm a digital manager um, in Manifest London. Um, I've been there for like a little over a year now. Um, essentially, what I do is work in social media and content. Uh, it's where I like focus a lot of my work on. I've been working in this now for like five years, which doesn't seem long to a lot of people. But I'm like, wow. I've done five years. <laughs> I've been doing it for ages. As it felt like quite a long time. But it, it has actually, I think mm. because especially with social, like it just changes so much. Like, honestly, it's changing so fast that I'm like, some days I'm like, do I even know what what I'm doing or like what a certain platform does or whatever? Mm. Um, yeah, because I think I started around 2015. Yeah. I like when I left uni um, and I was, I worked in like a startup agency and I was like, okay. I'll get some like real experience now, see what all the sauce is about. Because I studied media and public relations in college. So obviously you can tell by the sound of my voice, I'm not from the UK. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm from Ireland. I'm from a place called Kildare, which is just like outside of Dublin. Okay. Um, so yeah, I studied uni just in another place outside of Kildare, which maybe if there's a lot of UK people listening, they won't know, but it's called Carlo. Um, and I studied media and public relations. Um, what made you want to move into that kind of area? You know what? It was a little bit of like, ooh, media, cool. Like, I really wanted to be a radio presenter at one point. Really? And then, yeah. You definitely got the voice for it, mate. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> and then another part of me was like, I just want to be like Samantha Jones <laughs> and be a public relations professional. Um, so, like, it was a little bit of like a pipe dream. And then also kind of like, a, I want to be Samantha Jones, which is not a pipe dream, which okay. is going to happen. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, I started studying media and public relations. And I think when I started it, I had different expectations for what it was going to be. And I think what I got out of it was a whole lot more than what I had expected. Okay. It's where I got to learn, like, on the media side of stuff, I thought it would be all, like, presenting and television and blah, blah, blah. But it was actually kind of the behind the scenes almost. So I got to learn how to video edit, how to edit audio, um, how to film and use cameras and kind of, like, the so other... like a broader spectrum, a more technical hands-on. Exactly, yeah, nice. and which is something that I really didn't expect and also something that I gravitated towards and just had a natural, like, hand at. Oh, so when it came to kind of editing stuff, I was always the one in, like, my uni class, like, my class is quite small, um, in, like, lectures and stuff, they'd be like, especially the practical ones, use Jordan, like, Jordan's very good, like, the lecture would be even like, if anyone needs any tips, like, Jordan has done blah, blah, blah. And I think because I just, <laughs> one, I kind of had an automatic... I don't know, I kind of just took to the software like pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would also kind of, I would find it interesting anyway, even just looking up YouTube videos on yeah. like how to make a certain thing do a certain thing, you yeah. know? So I wasn't afraid to kind of go deeper above what I was being taught in the class. Of course. Um, so then that was great. I was able to get like hands-on experience with like actual like physical media, like content, I guess, which is mm. where kind of like now that I work in content, 
not that I'm doing a lot of editing or designing or anything myself, but I n- understand what it takes to kind of create something. Well, this is a crucial kind of element of, yeah. Exactly, because I think especially when, so like you're, when you're dealing with um, creative teams, a lot of people who maybe don't have the experience of doing the actual design or the video editing or whatever, don't understand. They're like, I need this video in half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, but I also need like this done and this done and this done. Or like they, I think there's a lot of expectation for what you're can also be done. at the mercy of, of people who are telling you um, yeah. it's going to take X, Y, Z and this is how much it's going to cost, but you can actually exactly. kind of turn around and be like, well, actually I kind of know how to do this. Yeah. And I know it's not going to take you that long. So mm. like a lot of people don't understand mm. Just the timings, I think. I think the timings is the main thing, like mm-hmm. not necessarily the skill, because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I couldn't do that. I wouldn't be able to do that in a million years, but I don't know how long it takes. Mm. So that was has helped me through like all my career because I've worked with creative teams through over the last five years mm-hmm. um, to get content done. So I know I'm like, okay, here's the brief. I know it's like, it's me just being like, I need this done really quick. And I hate that I'm saying that I need it quick, <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, the client just needs it in five minutes. <laughs> so I like, please, I understand. But, you know, sometimes yeah. push comes to shove. That sounds cool, man. What kind yeah. of stuff were you um, were you making at university then? So we were doing like radio plays because I suppose like five years ago, it doesn't seem long ago. Well, I suppose it was more than that was when I was in uni, but like podcasts weren't really no. a thing. It's kind of been the last like three or four yeah. years. And well, uh, like I, I think I've There's been a few been long-term around. ones, but they've, Exploded over the last... Completely exploded. Three or yeah. four years. And I, so at the time when I was in uni, we were doing like radio plays, mm. <laughs> which even now just sounds archaic. No, what is a radio play? <laughs> like a radio play would be like, we'd do stories or we'd like, we'd write out like scripts. Oh, like a radio play, uh, like a, an actual play on the radio. Sorry, yeah. I thought it was like a term for no, no, like, no, a like a spot or a, a, like an advert or no, something. we do that as well. But like okay. we'd, a lot of the stuff we did was like these radio plays. Like the Archers. Had, yeah. Yes. Because we had like film and literature studies. So okay. we'd do kind of like... Kind of, yeah, almost yeah. just like audio plays radio yeah, plays That's quite, it must have been quite fun <laughs> it was so much fun yeah. and like, yeah I think just I don't know I'm someone who just loves getting creative anyway whether it's writing something down like I'm not the best writer but like writing something down mm-hmm. or coming up with an idea or any of that kind of stuff so I think when I was able to do it in uni I was like this is great like if only there's a way that I could do this in the real world. Yeah. And then I kind of almost did this half and half thing of going into agencies and being a kind of half client services half like in the creative team because I would kind of not that I would execute stuff but I would be almost like the creative team's like right arm into yeah. what the client needs or wants mm. or I'd be able to kind of educate not necessarily educate don't mean to say patronizing but like let other people know what is doable and what's not doable like oh did you know you can do such and such you thing with wear a, video a few and, hats I think, yeah uh when you're in especially in a junior position that is mm-hmm. a very sort of a very important asset to, yeah. to have to be able to sort of switch between these these sort of things 100 how did you find um i mean was that quite enjoyable mm. It was. And I think compared to the public relations side of things, mm. honestly, I left, <laughs> I left with a bachelor's degree, but I didn't know what public relations was at all. <laughs> like at <laughs> all, especially now that I work in agencies where I like know public relations via like osmosis, like, cause I've always been in an agency where it's kind of like digital, but then they'd also have the public relations team. Yeah. And they'd always, there's always that thing of being like a unified kind of we want to make sure they're working hand in hand type thing. And that's kind of been the same conversation that I feel has been happening for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, I just acquired that almost the exact, not the exact skills, but these skills to set me up in a good place for going into agencies and knowing what needed to be so done. It's, it's kind of job. like accidentally you came into contact with all mm. of these mediums and these creative outputs, mm. which you actually really took a shine to. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I mean, what, what was the kind of next phase? You left, you left university not knowing what PR was. I left university, didn't know what PR was. So I was like, right. what, what did you know though? What did I know? What was your, what did you come away with? Like I, that kind of jettisoned you into like a creative avenue? I don't like, I just, it was one of those things where I was like, I know I'm creative, but mm-hmm. I don't know how to, uh, I don't know what I job know where to I'm going to fit. Yeah. I yeah. don't know what job to assign to this. Um, so then obviously in our last year of uni, everyone's talking about getting experiences and agencies and all this kind of stuff. So I found this small startup in Dublin and they were like, it was all around social media content. And I thought, perfect. That's what I, that's what I should do is like create social media content. Cause in my head I was like, it's not 
big enough that it's like TV or radio or like, I don't know, just bigger than social. In my mm. head at the time, I was like, it's small enough that if I fuck up, it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> so I was like, maybe I'll just go into it's the social. It's quite funny now because it's kind of reversed. And now bit. it's yeah. the opposite. I mean, like social. Is, Did you see that coming kind of? Did I see it coming? Yes. I, not at the very beginning, but after kind of a year, I was like, oh my God, why, like, why do we have zero budgets? Like, why are the social and digital budgets so small? And especially at the time, maybe they're, they are much bigger now, but even in comparison to TV, Mm -hmm. they're so much smaller. And I just kind of thought, it was one of those things where I was like, this is a missed trick, but I was like, I'll just keep quiet and do my thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll just say nothing, no big deal. Because I think I, all through my career, I've just had this imposter syndrome anyway, that I've been like, just don't speak up. <laughs> don't, don't speak up. Just in case they catch you out and they're like, what the hell are you doing here? You're not, you're not good at anything. I'm like, I don't know. It's just what happens, I think. Okay, fantastic. Mm. Um, so you went into social media. So I went into social, oh, yeah. You got a, did you say an internship? No. So yeah, it was an internship, which was, I was very lucky. I know like a lot of people don't have the privilege, I guess, to do an unpaid internship, especially depending on where you are in the country. Maybe it's, it'd be quite different now, I think, with working remotely, the opportunity to work for a company for free, mm-hmm. which shouldn't happen anyway, but is a lot easier. So I then got this unpaid internship, which at the start, I was like promised this big salary at the end of my three months and blah, blah, blah. And like, I think I was just very naive. Um, mm. But in saying that, it was a place where I learned a lot of the basics, like a lot of the basics. I, like I learned like Facebook business manager. I learned how to do like paid ads. And I kind of learned then kind of the deeper social side of things of how to promote, how to target, all that kind of stuff while I was creating the content for the targeting. So I was able to kind of think on the both sides of the spectrum. Of, That's quite nice. I was just going to ask you if, yeah, yeah if but you like, still get to make things as well. Like, was it, was it uh, scratching your itch in terms of, you know, your creative output? Absolutely. In, yeah. in, in, in some ways more than others. Like I was doing, oh God, if any like social media or design person like heard me saying this, they'd like want to kill me, even manifest. They'd be like, what are you saying? (laughs) When I was interning there, I remember making graphics for this. So they had a lot of startups um, and I do like the social graphics for them. But I remember I would like find pictures on the internet, just throw them into Photoshop and I'd like grab their logo and just put it anywhere. (laughs) And I was like, (laughs) ah, the logo doesn't matter where it is. I'll just plop it here. Like it'll be fine. Like once they have the logo on it, the client will be happy. And I think like at the time, the client was just like, yeah, cool. I see the logos in there and they were like thumbs up but now looking <laughs> back I, now looking back I'm like oh my god like I maybe not so much anymore you'd put the logo on stuff but the days of like having like a lock up and the logo has to be in this particular place and like I know it's the case for some people but I was just like plopping anywhere and then I remember like I was obviously like social media managing with no experience so I was <laughs> I was posting I was doing social media management for like this pub in Dublin mm. or not a pub it's kind of like a pub club it's very hipstery it was new I don't, I don't, I don't uh, name check it. Oh, okay, all right, no, no, no worries, no worries. Um, yeah, just in case. So, no, I've, I've spent a lot of time in Dublin. Have you? Yeah, I used to work for Sky Sports. So Do you know the Camden it. Exchange? Have you um, heard of it? Is that... It's on, um, oh God, I feel like my knowledge of Dublin is fading with each day. Um, <laughs> I don't the name know, rings a bell. It, I don't even know if it's still open, but okay. it was very popular. Yeah. And I think they needed someone to like run their social. Anyway, okay, it, was nice. a, it was a client in this agency that I was working in. But like there was days on a Friday where I was like, oh, what I post today. Like it was very kind of just every day. I was like, hmm, da, 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 what I post. Um, so I would like go onto YouTube and be like, Casey and the Sunshine <laughs> Gang or whatever. <laughs> and then be posting just like random videos and just being like TGIF. And I'd have like my friends <laughs> and I'd have like my friends texting me being like, loved that post today. That was very funny. And then like, I don't know. It was just so like, it was almost like, I did have the ability to kind of do that stuff because it, social was at a time where people didn't really like there were strategies, but it wasn't as the way it is today. I think people were kind of finding their way a bit more with it. Yeah. There was no like set mold of this is what a really good social media manager does. Yeah. I guess you're kind of not making it up as you go along. But you kind of are. Sort of, like you, yeah. yeah. Like you're just kind of seeing it like it was very much like testing Mm -hmm. lots of different stuff and it was obviously like it was 2015 so like Facebook was the like social media platform like there was like Instagram not really and Twitter kind of but it wasn't really like Twitter was big but I think for social media like an audience kind of growth and community and all that kind of stuff like it was never really like even thought about um 
so yeah, so it was like pulling kind of different things. But like I did have other clients. I remember I had my first client meeting in that agency as well. And mm. it was horrible. Who was your client? It was horrible. Well, it was like, a, it was like some, it was, a, it was a nightclub. Okay. So it's this nightclub, which it was just really trashy. Okay. Like a really trashy, shitty nightclub. Sticky floors. Sticky floors. Cheap like drinks, plastic glasses. Literally. Yeah. All of that. And like, <laughs> so then, I mean, then I was like running their social media. And then like the account manager, I think he was at the time, was like, okay, we're going to go meet the client and we're going to like basically find out what they want. Like they're not getting like likes or engagement and they're not getting people in the door and basically this place is flopping. How are we going to save it with our Facebook page? And I was like, okay, I'll come to the meeting. <laughs> so then like, yeah. So then yeah. I went to the meeting and the guy was kind of just like, have you been to this nightclub before? And I was like, no, no, I haven't. And then he was like, uh, so what would make you well, like want to come to this nightclub? Like, what is it that we can do to make you want to? And I was like, <laughs> I just, I was like, I just wouldn't come. I just, I, I just, it's, I, was honest. Like, I was just like, I, oh, it's just like not the place for me. I don't think, and they're like, what could we do to make it the place for you? And cause I was like, I didn't want to be like, because I'm like gay and I don't want to go to this shitty straight club. But I think at the time I was very much like, um, I don't really know. And I was just like, I think the guy was sitting there looking at me like, who is this tool? Why is he here? And I remember, I think the account manager at the time was like, this is Jordan, it's his first like client thing. And kind of trying to almost get the client to Ease off be easy on yeah. me, but. Yeah, he was a dickhead. <laughs> oh man, that sounds awkward. It was awkward. And when I look at people, even a manifest now, where um, they're like, oh, we brought such and such on their first like meeting with a journalist or a client or whatever. And they're just so good. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I'm like fair play. Because I know how, how, like I know the nerves beforehand. Like even sometimes now, especially with love, if it's a big pitch, I'm like, mm. oh my God, I'm shitting myself. Like yeah. God knows what they're going to say to me. And it's that imposter syndrome again of like, they're going to just point at me and be like, what are you doing here? <laughs> Give me an idea or whatever it is. But yeah, it was, it was Aukies. So did you go straight into like a paid position at that place? <coughs> or was it... Sorry, did Corona. You have to do... <laughs> it's okay. Edit that in. We've all been tested. <laughs> um, yeah, did you, did you do a lot of work for free? Because uh, this is a current theme we have uh, yeah. across quite a few of the episodes. And everyone has a different kind of idea on, on the subject. Because I did quite a lot of work for free because I was trying to get myself out there mm -hmm. and meet new people and develop my showreel and all yeah. this kind of stuff. Um, which is fine when you're younger, but then I've heard other people say as they get older, never work for free yeah. because you are providing a service. You have to treat yourself like a business. You are the CEO of your own personal business, whether you're a company or whatever, but yeah. did you work for free? How did it make you feel? How long were you doing it? Yeah. So <clears throat> it's kind of a weird one because yes, I did work free that, that my first agency like was completely free after three months. Like I, like I didn't get paid once. Did you feel like you've been taken advantage of? Not really. No. It was almost this thing that had been instilled in me that like, you're going to have to do it anyway. So it's almost like, oh, you expect to come out of uni and have a salary? How dare you? Like, which is so <laughs> bad because it's because. But the thing is, though, when I was working for free, it was also like I was more. I don't know if I, I think I was more concentrated on just like learning and doing a good job and like getting the experience that I think like getting paid an experience as stupid as that sounds it is kind of what I needed at the mm -hmm. time. Um, the agency that I went to afterwards, it was still an internship, but they gave you like a hundred euro a week, which is like, what's that going to get you? Well, which yeah. is better than nothing, but it's still kind of like, okay, I'm still doing like 40 euro weeks. And like, it's, it's mental. <sighs> it is mental. Cause like when you're doing an office job and you're not getting paid. It's a bit deflating. It's bad it, for your morale. Like, yeah. Did it affect you mentally at all? It did, it did and it didn't. Like, it's that thing of like, I just felt like, oh, I need to do this. And then obviously I'd be moaning, being like, I'm not getting paid, this is so shit. And like, I would moan about it, but I don't think I would, I would never say anything to someone senior. I was too junior, too like new that I was too scared to- and you weren't going to walk away. Yeah, and I, like, I think even approaching money is just a difficult topic, mm -hmm. in, in like place that you work, especially if you're like really junior and you're like, okay, how am I gonna- basically asked oh, them for money. It, yeah. But it did, in saying that, the free internship, the very first one that I did, taught me loads. Like, honestly, the, a lot of experience that I brought from that into then the next internship just meant that I, my three months in the next place with the 100 euro a week, 
I then finished that and I had a job and I had a yeah, salary. Okay. And then, and it from was then. It a kind of stepping stone. Mm, yeah, it did. It was like a slow stepping stone. And I know, and I also feel like that now when I'm looking back, I'm, if I was giving someone advice, I would say, never work for free. Mm. Why would you work for free? That's stupid. But I know. It's a means to an end. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I know that it just needs to be done sometimes. I don't know. You know, mm. like it, it is where you get experience. And and I think when you're just fresh out of uni, like what I was saying, like I was just posting any old fucking shite on social. <laughs> so I like, not that I even could expect them to pay me, but sure. I think not getting paid, I don't know if this is like controversial or not, but not getting paid almost allows you to just do a lot of fuck ups. Yes. And then like not have to worry about like. Because there's almost a zero expectation. Yeah. Like, there's zero expectation. And you're like, okay, well, I'm just going to learn. Mm-hmm. And you, true learning or through failing is how you're going to learn. Yeah. Basically, you're going to fail a shitload at the start and not know what you're doing and fuck up. And like, there's going to be loads of fuck ups, even like now I'm still fucking up. <laughs> but like you still learn from it and of you kind of have to, I don't know. It depends as well what kind of industry you want to get into. But specifically creative, mm. you do have to start out with just getting some experience, whether it's paid or not. It also helps you understand what job you want yeah. or if you even want that job yeah so it's invaluable either way because mm. yeah even finding out something that you don't want to do still great but that's great it. to know you know and just on, to, on the point of you know being not being rewarded monetarily if you're sitting there and you know you're not being paid you know euros or, or pounds i think you have something that takes over and you okay why am i here then what am i getting from this what can I get from this? And you kind of maximize. Yeah, that's know, exactly you it. Your, your priorities change Yeah, from, because I think sometimes you can get caught in a trap then when you are getting paid of, I want more money mm-hmm. and I want a promotion and I want this and I want that. Whereas your priorities at the beginning is that as like, mm-hmm. I need to uh, really evaluate my situation. Like, yeah. am I wasting my time here? Am I not let's, wasting my let's time? Let's figure it out. Let's figure let's it out. See what yeah. we want. And I think that's just the best way to do it. Sometimes you'll feel like you're wasting time, but what other way are you going to find out? No. You know? That's it. Amazing. Um, so you did your second internship for three months, which was unpaid. And then yep. you got a job after that. Where was your first full-time job? Yes. So I got a job. So this is, <clears throat> this is kind of funny. So did my internship. Well, it's probably not funny. But I did my internship. <laughs> and then they were like, okay, your internship's finished. Bye. But I was like, um, hang on. You're obsessed with me here. Like, I'm really good at actually what I do. Um, and they were like, so sorry, I'm really embellishing this story. Um, they, weren't, they weren't like, bye, but they were like, okay, so your internship is finished. We don't really have a spot for you, like to hire you essentially. I assume it was budgets or were whatever it was. Were you kind of fully expecting them to offer you something? Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. I had just been doing really well and I'd been learning so quick and I just thought, I, I knew myself, right. I had proved myself to be invaluable mm-hmm. at the level that I was at. Um, so then... They were like, we don't have a job for you here. And I was like, uh oh. <laughs> but they were like, you can work on secondment in one of with one of our clients. So I thought, okay, perfect. Like what's secondment? So secondment is when you're essentially hired by this is probably wrong definition, but this is my understanding of it. <laughs> we are hired by a company, but you kind of like work elsewhere. So like uh, I was hired okay. by I eventually got hired by the company mm-hmm. that I was working for, but worked for the client. And I think the client paid uh the agency for me so it was kind of like done as if i was like transactional if that makes sense so you're almost like a temp yeah i, I, which I was a temp, accounts yeah. to accounts and working in-house at businesses yeah so i was working in-house uh in this place but i wasn't doing any work for the agency it was just in-house um which was good but because then i got in-house experience and realized that i was at the time i was like oh my god in-house is gross but only because <laughs> only because it was like really corporate and like so corporate that like people were in suits and that's just not me like just dry. it was just like it was proper like suits and like karens everywhere it really was just that vibe <laughs> and i remember being like i just don't belong here <laughs> um but I got experience. And it was weird though, because I was like in these meetings with other agents. So agencies would come in, this client, they were an energy provider. Um, Sounds exciting already. It was so exciting. I cannot (laughs) (laughs) explain. Um, It was this energy provider. And then I would be brought into like meetings with like the other creative agencies, like they're above the line or like um, 
their other, maybe not their social age, but their public relations agency. There's loads of different agencies that would work with them. So I was like at these meetings and I remember just sitting on the other side of the table being like, this is so boring. Mm. Just like in that moment, I was like, God, like these agencies are pitching us all these fun ideas. And then I had this guy being like, what do you think? And I was, what was I like 21? And I was like, yeah, they're all great. <laughs> I was like, I love all your ideas. And they're like, and what about the strategy for this one? And I was like, the the, the what? <laughs> I was like, this one's fun. I like this one. Um, so yeah, so worked on succumbent there, got some in-house experience. Then that lasted, I think, eight weeks and then got hired by the agency that I had interned with. Okay, good. Um, which was great. And yeah. honestly, the agency that I worked with, it was incredible in the, in the, in the fact that I learned so much. Um, I was really taken under their wing. I think I kind of like, not in a way that sounds like... <laughs> I did it like a like I was playing the game or whatever, but I really got on with senior people there, like just really well. I was well. just going to ask, were there like some sort of slightly more senior people within the company that were big fans of you? Absolutely. And I think maybe encouraged the position to be, yes. um, you know, available for you. Yeah, that's the thing. And I did kind of, I never made it my mission to be like, I'm going to rub shoulders with the senior people and I'm going to do this to get promoted or whatever. I had no mm-hmm. like game plan. I think I always just have had this thing of like, just be nice to people and get to know people. And like, I was always kind of like, I think they kind of thought I was just this really nice, warm person. And I just clicked then and I would just click with senior people and they just thought I was great. And then I would, I would almost learn off them Mm -hmm. rather than learning off the person who was just above me or like someone who was on the, like the same, doing the same job as me or doing it. It's very lucky, like almost a kind of mentorship. 100%. And that's what I had. And it would just, it taught me loads. Like in that agency, I went from the intern then to account manager Mm -hmm. um, in, I think it was like three years. Wow. Three or four, three and a half or four years. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just like, it was a very quick jump, which we're looking back now. I'm like, God, I just, that's just, it was mad. Obviously had so many fuck ups <laughs> in like from like the intern to the AM. Like I remember, so basically is there, yeah, is there one that really stands out in your <laughs> yeah, mind? Yeah, there's one that I hate. Let's go on, let's hear it. So maybe it's not too bad. I've almost said it so many times now that I'm like, it's not that bad but maybe it is I was the account manager for Lidl Ireland Mm -hmm. so that was like actually my main one and just to kind of sidestep a little bit working on that account also taught me loads because I was almost like the account manager on this huge account that like brought in a lot of revenue for the company and kind of like looking at how to grow it and how to like coming up with they were very also open to new ideas and just random stuff they weren't they were kind of a client that was like, we trust you and we'll let Sounds you. Sounds like the ideal kind of client. Which is yeah. so ideal. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't, we wouldn't get too bogged down in, is this right? Is this not right? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, we were looking at it like it's social media and we're kind of oh. just like seeing what lands, which doesn't sound strategic at all, but it worked so well for us. Okay. Like there was times where we'd be like, uh, the client would say, oh, we're selling hot tubs. Uh, next week can we do some sort of post around it and we're like we have a great idea so we get a green screen we'll put a hot tub and then we'll fly it around and we'll do like this like time travel thing like hot tub time machine and they're like awesome we love it (laughs) and then we did it (laughs) and then we did it and then it was like in like we got like coverage for it like media coverage for it because people were like little social media team are at it again because we'd just be kind of this zany like little have just gone a bit mad with what they're doing on social yeah Yeah, which I think just really worked with us and then kind of like solidified that but that that kind of concept really sells just complete randomness all the time random shit sometimes like I even do it now where I'm like let's do this like completely random thing and then sometimes I'll hear oh it might not be right or there's no strategy and I'm like I'll just give it a bash (laughs) (laughs) I'll just give it a bash yeah what's the worst that's gonna happen yeah but sorry what was I saying do oh the big fuck up yeah so (laughs) (laughs) that way I was trying to avoid it um no it's not that bad anyway (laughs) so I'm like sidestepping around it so I was once again, we were, oh my God, it actually ties very well in with the hot tub time machine. So they were selling rowing machines in Lidl and they were like, oh, so we're selling rowing machines. What do we do? Essentially the same brief. Um, so we were like, off the back of the success of the hot tub time machine, <laughs> it was like, we'll work with this like comedian. So he was like kind of a celebrity influencer type guy. Uh-huh in Ireland we'll work with this guy he'll be on the row machine and like as he's rowing he'll like almost like 
keep rowing almost his way out of the room and then like he just rowed down like the Liffey which is like the river in Dublin and then like row out of the Liffey and then into space and then we're like just, he'll just be rowing different places like the dinosaurs he'll like travel through time it was just batshit and then we, we sold his money and then Lidl were like sounds great and then we're like okay fab- <laughs> and we're like fabulous okay so we started planning it everything was like in motion uh, the client had um, rowing machines sent to we had like a unit like where we kept um just basically stock of like random shit that clients would send us for shoots so got the rowing machine sent there so in my head i was like well, the rowing machines are in the unit fine then uh shoot day rolls around and then it's the morning of and i'm with a courier going to the uh the unit to pick up these rowing machines yeah i opened the unit it's empty and i was like oh my god so I was I what just, time is this in the morning this was I'd say about 8am yeah and I thought okay we're like and I had like uh, the video team kind of being like hey we're setting up we're blah 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 and I was like oh for fuck's sake <laughs> so I went down to the reception and I was like hi um, I was like there should be two rowing machines in that unit where are they and they're like well no no one's gone near that unit or whatever Basically, the, the Rome machines had showed up because they were sent from Poland, but no one like was there at the unit to pick them up and put them into the unit. I didn't know this was the process. I mm-hmm. wasn't told. <laughs> and then they were sent back to Poland. So on the morning of the shoot, I was like, where are these Rome machines? And I had to be like, they're in Poland. <laughs> so I rang the client and I was like, hi, uh, quick one. Um... The row machines aren't um, actually in our unit. Um, they're in Poland. Um, <laughs> and, and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, um, okay, well, we're shooting in an hour or like two hours or whatever. Um, and like we had like the influencer, the celeb or whatever he was on his way. And mm. I just thought we're fucked. Client were there luckily, no other ones like that you could get your hands on? So they were, so little would get item sent in so far in advance before they're even in stock uh, for these type of things okay. for shoots so, so literally send you two so they the sent us like they sent months. us two just to be like okay. and it was so funny because when he was like i'm sending you two you can keep one lol and i was like haha you're so funny thank you and then i was like oh, yeah they're in poland um <laughs> so yeah it was the day of the shoot luckily by the grace of god so obviously my heart dropped and i was like well this is the worst thing that's ever happened to me i'm gonna get fired like having to make that phone call having to make oh, this man. to the client to just be like oh, i don't have them and the shoots in two hours everyone's set up like not a huge amount of money but a, a fair bit of money has gone into this day so far before we've even shot anything yeah so i just felt like i'd let everybody down and this is all my fault like i really took it on my own shoulders and i just like felt so shit mm-hmm. By the grace of God, there was one rowing machine in Little HQ that, oh. that had been opened, but we could still use it. Oh, mate, so lucky. So... At what time did you find this out and how? This was, I'd say, around 9.30, 10. The okay. client rang me. I had hung up with the client after the initial phone call, and he was like, there's a rowing machine in, in our office in Tala, which mm-hmm. is the place where the office was. Um, uh, so we can... Sh- ship that to the shoot but then <laughs> that row machine got shipped to the shoot and had to be built oh my like the row machine had to be built, like screws like ikea vibes oh, and i had like the video team on their hands and knees building a row machine i wasn't uh, there at I the time i love that and i yeah, they yeah. hated me like there's <laughs> they hated me and i was just like had a text from like who's my friend but i had a text from my friend mitch um who was the director and he was like this rowing machine isn't built and i was like okay he was like, yeah, we're going to have to build this row machine from scratch. Long story short, the shoot took place hours later. Yeah. It was fine. The influencer guy wasn't too pissed about it. He was a little bit annoyed, but he wasn't, he wasn't like, this is the worst thing that's ever happened. Yeah. So it was fine. But I did get back to the office that evening. Oh, like this also went on for weeks afterwards. I had to track down those row machines. Fuck. Like, because they had been sent back to Poland, but oh. Poland never received them. So that's a what? Yeah, that's a different Lost story. in transit, mate. Yeah, lost in transit. But... <laughs> Yeah, I remember, they never made it. They never made it. But anyway, I had a had a little cry oh, <laughs> when no. I got back to the office, and I remember my the account director, who was essentially my mentor, would just like had me by the shoulder, and she was like, "It's fine. No one died. It's like yeah." And I think sometimes you kind of have to have those like 
it's okay moments where you would pull yourself out of it, especially with yeah. shoots. I think it can get very heightened. People are stressed. And things go wrong. Things go yeah. wrong. And sometimes you can just be in the moment and think, this, I'd rather the ground swallowed me whole yeah. than I was here right now. Yeah. And sometimes it can get so overwhelming, and which it did. And I just like burst out crying. And then my account director was like, it's fine. And then had this chat with me. And I was like, you know what? It is grand. But then she will bring it up to this day and now I'm talking about it and now, a, and now it's a funny story but at the time I was like oh, I'm gonna get fired like I just it may not seem like a big deal but I remember being in it being like this is the biggest thing that's ever happened and I hate it and it's horrible and blah 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 and another course of the tears you didn't even get to keep one of the rowing machines you didn't even get to keep the fucking other rowing machine <laughs> I hope someone in Poland is using it and it's very muscly now it's probably but, still um, there at the Olymp- Olympic facility mate a hundred percent but yeah were there any jobs that you had while at that initial agency uh, and you were progressing in your career? Were there any projects that you felt you absolutely nailed and you were just so happy with and you've, you it just really kind of surged you forward, even if it was just your outlook or, mm. you know, as, as well as your career and, yeah. and your perception within the company? Was there, was there any one job? You know what? Funnily enough, it would be the Samsung project we worked on last yes. year. Like, I know for you guys, that was probably so, like, because it was weeks upon weeks of filming. Like, there was so much. It was over the course of about three months? A couple of months, yeah. I think it was probably this time last year, actually, when I met yourself, Dave and Marissa, Mm. to just brief you guys on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, there was a talk that we did that was, like, around the LGBT community mm-hmm. and uh, sport. Yeah, with the rugby player, Alex. Alex, um, Alexis Cott. Alexis Cott, um, yeah. And the King's Cross Steelers. He was part of that gay rugby mm-hmm. group. Um, but that was one of those things where, so I started with Manifest, but the whole Samsung um, project had kind of, like the concept had been agreed and everything had been signed off. It was just a case of like doing it. Mm-hmm. Although there were some concepts that weren't kind of nailed down at the time and I remember it was just this moment of I was in a brainstorm and we were talking about Wacom like so the collab um, concept was we were pairing these two separate influencers who would never work together to come together to almost like uh, give back to the community or solve community problems in the community yeah Um, so I think being in that brainstorm I was like well I want to do something gay Mm -hmm. because I mean, I love anything gay because mm. I am gay and I just love it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I've got it. <laughs> I was like, LGBTQ, like X, which would be like, I don't know, compared with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, sport? Like, I don't know if it's something around sport. Like, it became one of those things where it started from a brainstorm and then I got to see it mm-hmm. in real life. I'm not saying it was all me, but having a nutshell of an idea and a brainstorm and then seeing it like, on the scale that it was at yeah. the Samsung KX space, there was a sold out, like we sold out all the tickets and, <clears throat> sorry, we sold out all the tickets and it was just kind of like seeing all these people and seeing this talk and I was just like, oh my God, like I know, like I had something to do with this and that was really nice because yes. I knew there was a lot, there was, the conversations were also, yeah, absolutely. Mm. And the conversations that were happening there were very meaningful and kind of touched home for me, like, there was all around like the gay experience and shame and all this kind of stuff. Um, so I remember just standing there and being like, oh my God, this has like really solidified my kind of, what am I trying to say? I guess I want to be able to put myself, not put myself into campaigns, but put, put my spin. into work. Yeah, into put myself work. into my work. Yeah. Like when I started that manifest, so manifest is all kind of about, um, so building brands that change the world. And I, when I first started there, I felt that everyone kind of almost stood up for something and had mm-hmm. like this purpose of, I'm really... Uh, something they're quite passionate about. Something they were passionate about. And I kind of just felt like, I don't think, I don't think there's anything I'm passionate about. Like, uh, someone would be very like environmentally friendly or sustainable and we all about the climate and someone else um, would kind of have their own thing. And I just kind of thought, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't really have this. I'm really passionate. And I'd never, and it wasn't until maybe the last year that I'd really thought about like purpose outside Mm -hmm. of work and then within work. Yeah. So then after that, being able to bring kind of like, put, I guess, a gay spin on something. Yeah. 
I was like, oh my God, this is it. Like, that's, this is what I care about. Like, yeah. almost shining a light on these stories that I feel like a lot, not a lot of people have heard yeah. or they have heard, but then there's also a whole other group of people that haven't of like, what's it like to grow up gay? What's it like to grow up? Like, I don't know, like all different kind of backgrounds. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of now where I feel it's, uh, yeah. it's important. It's a lovely feeling when you have an input and a, and a feeling on a, yeah. on a project and you kind of, you express, you know, your thoughts and stuff mm. and, and you see it take a direction which you know you've had something to do with and it's a, such an amazing direction and it's yeah. and it's a really well executed and it's just, you really hit the spot with it. Yeah. It's just such an amazing feeling. Yeah, and I yeah. think there was like a and a after, so there was two talks in that kind of topic, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like people being like, oh, not so much of a question, but just kind of like a, I really appreciate this and I really enjoyed this. Oh, man, and that's brilliant. There was just these little like nuggets of like, oh my God, like I literally had goosebumps and I just thought, oh my God, this is so moving. I was just so moved because I was like, this is lovely. And also I just love gay men because <laughs> I like in more ways than one, but I was very much like, I was very much like, oh, like little community. Look yeah, at us. Like, yeah, this yeah. is so cute. Like, I don't know. I just being in a place like Samsung KX where like there's fucking gay flags and it was just very gay and I just thought this is so nice and I just thought it kind of came out of this little brainstorm that we had yeah, yeah, yeah. and I think if maybe I don't know maybe if I wasn't there and we didn't have someone who maybe was in the happened. community there like that wouldn't happen and then the people wouldn't have learned something and there was this kind of like almost domino effect yeah, yeah, yeah. which was positive that's fantastic and I'm just like oh, I just can't wait to do that again visibly tangible impact exactly um, man, that's yeah, awesome. it was lovely nice one When did, when did you move to London then? So I moved to London two years ago. Okay. When you got the job with Manifest? No. So worked with Manifest or joined Manifest last year. I, so that agency that I was working in, in Dublin. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to move to London. I was just, I was fed up with Dublin. Did they have offices here? And they had offices. Oh, perfect. They had very recently. So a bigger agency, like a global firm had bought the agency that I was working in in Dublin okay. called Taneo. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had also bought Blue Rubicon here. I don't know if you've heard of them, but Taneo bought Blue Rubicon anyway um, and kind of became this like big conglomerate, I guess, and then had like agencies around the world. So that had happened like midway, maybe three quarters of the way through my time in Dublin at Mm -hmm. that agency. Uh, It's called PSG Communications. Um, And when I was there, I was kind of like, oh, they were like, oh, we have agencies here and now we have agencies there. And it was never really in my mind to think I'm going to work my ass off to fucking get to that London agency or get to that New York agency or get to whatever. Like I just wasn't on my, no, wasn't on my agenda. Just focusing on sort of your career. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I'm just very happy in Dublin. I'm doing such and such. I was happy in Dublin until I wasn't happy in Dublin. Then I thought, what am I going to do now? (laughs) Um, So then luckily enough, a girl who I worked with, who I still live with now, Andrea. Yeah. um, We worked together in Dublin together and she was like I'm moving to London and I was like I'm coming with you yeah. like I'm moving to like fuck it let's do it together oh man that's great um, and we did um, and yeah and I think the two of us just haven't really looked back mm. not in like a bad way like I love going back and I love Dublin of course but I love Dublin so much more now that I'm not in it yes because I think I just you appreciate it in a different way now absolutely yeah. like I was I was just a very much I was like exhausted at the time and I just thought I know what I'll do. I'll go to London. (laughs) So I did. Um, And yeah, moved over with Andrea and I think got that transfer, which was so nice of them because I actually had a different job lined up Mm -hmm. because I had doing all this like planning in the background. And then one day I was like, here's my notice. And I think that kind of gave them a fright because I think they thought I was going to be with them for a very long time. Of course. I believe they saw me as someone who would come on and like a account director and like just keep progressing through the ranks w- yeah. with them because they did give me a lot like they I believe they really cared about me and, and it's, my it sounded like progression. you were really happy there as well 100% yeah. yeah I was and I think they were happy to have me and it's just this like symbiotic relationship I guess but it was also work and I enjoyed it sometimes obviously some days I was like fuck this this <laughs> fucking shit I hate this why fucking am I doing machines. yeah <laughs> literally <laughs> but they did treat me very well yes Um. so then they, yeah, I told them I was moving to London and they said, so as you know, we now have the agency in London. Would you like to work for us there? And then they gave me this proposition of, 
I work for, I keep my clients. I basically work on Little Ireland, mm-hmm. but I live in the UK. Okay. And then I would like learn some of the, like learn from the agency in the UK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What they were doing and then be able to almost be the arm Kinda between, because we had a creative team in-house in yeah, Dublin, but yeah. they didn't have one in London. So it was almost like I would be the arm between what they need uh-huh. executed and then we can do okay. it in Dublin to almost have like this like internal revenue spin, I guess. Yeah, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was kind of my job, but it didn't really work out, I think, the way they had anticipated or the way I had anticipated. I ended up kind of going across and while I did enjoy it, it just wasn't really the place for me. It was a very large agency. I kind of felt like a nobody Mm. for a while at the start, which was quite isolating, especially after moving to a different How many people were in your office in Dublin? I would say on the digital team, I'd say there were about like 13 maybe, maybe a little bit less. Yeah. Um, And then, because then obviously there was like the public relations team, like the sports agency or whatever, but like we're kind of dispersed and it was nice. So overall I'd say it was about 40, Mm -hmm. but I was friends with everybody. Yeah. Like, and I think that was kind of my thing where it's like, I loved just walking around and having chats with people and just, I don't know, just like building relationships in work. I really loved. I think, yeah, it sounds like me and you had opposite experiences in that. Mm. I started at a very big company. I started at Sky Sports in television and on my campus, there was 5,000 people. Jesus. So you've got like a few mates, but it's kind of like working in a shopping center all day. Like there's just so many people, but now I've come to a smaller company, family Mm. creative. Yeah. Um, and just the, the ethos that we have here and how careful you have to be when employing someone into a company of this size. Because yeah. if you employ someone who isn't a right fit, the disruption can be drastic. Yeah. It can be huge. Completely. But, so you kind of struggled. Was it a bit of a... It was know, just it, kind of like, a, oh my God, I'm so lonely. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was like in work, I was like, I'm And so you just moved as in well. In work. Like, and then outside of work, I was like, I don't have my friend group around me anymore. Yeah. It was just this thing of, I had went through like a period of, oh my God. I don't I don't think I ever thought I made the wrong, wrong decision. No. But I was like, this is hard. Yes. This is not what I thought it was going to be like. But what I did was I stuck it out for a year because that's what I had in my head. I was like, just stick it out for a year. And I think I'm very... Deter- I'm very stubborn and like determined and I'll be like, I'm going to stick this out for so a year. So once you set something for and yourself, once I set something, I'm like, that's what I'm going to do. Okay. And I did it and it was great. I mean, I, they sent me to South by Southwest in Austin, which was an incredible, incredible wow. experience. I heard that's a good time. It was amazing. <laughs> it was incredible. Did you ever have the impetus to maybe go out and do things in your own time or, you know, outside of work in terms of content creation or yeah. the things that you used to do or was your job, you know, you're working full time. Yeah. You're in a brand new city that you're exploring, you know, maybe it's not top of your list. Yeah. It, it, like for me, I think a creative output for anybody is mm-hmm. so important, mm-hmm. no matter what it is, like outside of work, like whether it's drawing or painting or whatever it is. Yeah. Then for me, so then after I moved to London, don't know why, I started like writing songs. Like I started like writing lyrics and I was like, okay, I'm going to like write songs. And I'd never, I'd never, yeah, it was actually so therapeutic. And you'd never done it up until then? Not really. Like I I actually don't think I did. I think I'd always had in my head of like, oh, I wonder if I could write a song or, but I'd never really attempted it. So then like, it became almost like a habit of Mm -hmm. I'd whip out notes up and I'd be like, and I'd have this melody in my head and then I'd start like writing lyrics to it. That's cool. Which was so nice. So then when lockdown happened, yeah, um, like not that I, because I worked through lockdown, I wasn't furloughed. So I didn't kind of have extra time, but I did feel that I think when working from home, you feel like your days are longer Mm. because you're not commuting or you're kind of, you're logging on at nine. Rattling around the same three rooms all day. And that as well. living room, bedroom, bedroom. So you're like, how do I like keep Mm. my mind almost like invigorated yes so then i like was like okay like this song this lyric writing stuff maybe i'll like do more of that um to the point where i then downloaded logic and i was like oh i'll start like making music making some tunes. which i did yeah and it was so much fun like it yeah, was that yeah. thing where i was like oh my god i love this because oh mate great i had no expectation upon me to there's m- no pressure there was literally no one gonna be like you need to make a song and it needs to be good and, <laughs> and, it, and it needs to win a Grammy and it needs to be unbuilt. Like there was no, like there was just, but there was no anything. It was just like, I'm going to do this because I want to do it and I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. 
and I did. And oh my God, did that literally change just, it kind of pulled me out of like, not a hole that, it pulled me out of this kind of like creative rut that I felt like I was in. Yes. Because I think, especially when you're doing kind of like your creativeness or creative output is through work. As creative as it can be, it's still work. work. So I thought, okay, I'm going to have to do something. Like I obviously like when uh, through lockdown as well, I was like, maybe I'll paint, maybe I'll do this. And like, there was all, all these other stuff as well that I just dabbling. Cause I'm such a, da- I love being a jack of all trades. I'm like, yeah, I'll like yeah. dip into this and dip into that. But I think with the, like trying to make music, it became something that I was really like learning something completely new. Mm-hmm. Cause like, I mean, I studied music for like my leaving cert, which is like the A levels here, I think. Okay. Um, but I wouldn't be like, I can read sheet music or I can do whatever. Like no. I wasn't skilled. I was just like, I'm going to like go into Logic. I'll find a few loops, make some tracks. And then I was like loving it. I was like, great, this is my creative output. And then I was like mm. trying to put lyrics over it. And I was like, oh my God, a Grammy is my reach. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the way. Uh, yeah, it's on the way. But that was it. That became my creative output. And I just, it really solidified for me how important it is to have that. Fantastic. No matter what kind of, if you're in the creative industry, no matter what kind of, you're doing for your job mm-hmm. and if you love it yeah find something else as well on top of that it doesn't even have to be what you're used to it could be anything else like i didn't think i'd be fucking sitting there trying to make it number one hit <laughs> <laughs> so jordan you're the first person from an agency we've actually had on the podcast oh my god what vast, an honor <laughs> the vast majority have been freelance photographers or art directors and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff we've heard lots about how um, the current situation uh, with the COVID has impacted their careers, their mm. you know their own businesses. What's the chat on the agency side of things? Like, yeah. what's what's the kind of gossip on, on what's been happening? Well, particularly with Manifest, and like this has been a mood point I think for a lot of people after COVID and lockdown is that people want like flexible working, and like especially if you're an agency, you're doing nine to five or nine to six or whatever it is. Um, People want flexibility because those who are on furlough, um, so what Manifest, I have to say, like, I'm not just saying this, they handled it so well. Mm-hmm. Um, in like, they kept everything really transparent with us throughout the whole thing because it was so, like, it really was not to be like uncertain times, but it was so, like, no one knew what the fuck was going on. No. Then they had to furlough a lot of uh, the staff. Um, and then we were all a bit kind of like, well, what does that mean? What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. Luckily, we're in a great place now. Everybody's back from furlough and we're doing really well. But those who were uh, on furlough were able to kind of like spread their wings and do some sort of like, kind of like what I was saying about that creative output. They were doing something different. So I think when people came back, there was this thing of a lot of people had like side hustles or different kind of ways of either earning money or being creative. They've had more of their own time to spend. Exactly. So agency side what manifests have done particularly um, because i can only really speak from the current experience that i have with them is they've been so flexible with like how people want to like if you have a side hustle like there's uh one of my colleagues she uh does a lot of art Mm -hmm. so um one day a week like she will focus on her art and then four days she's with manifest that's great so and it's just so great and i think that really is almost the future not to sound like a fucking buzzword geek, but like the yeah. future of like... I totally agree with you. Work. Yeah. Of, uh, like people are going to have either a side hustle or a creative thing to do, or maybe it's not creative, maybe it's, ba- maybe it's baking or whatever it but is. It's even just the way we um, we sort of treat doing work. Like the way we approach the work environment has just been ri- so... Yeah, and like the whole system sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Because I, I know I've been on for the last two months, two days a week. Yeah. But I split them four half days per week. Yeah. So what I'm doing is getting up really early, getting my shit together, yeah. knowing exactly what I need to do, coming into the office and just powering through stuff for mm. four hours. And I get so much done. And then I've got the entire afternoon to myself. I go to the yeah. gym. I cook myself a nice dinner. Mm. Like, And so now when I go back to full time, I'm going to say to the guys, this is what I want. Yeah. This is what uh, this is what's really working for me now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't need to be at a desk for eight and yeah. a half hours, like yeah. sitting down, like I got health problems. I got really bad sciatica. If mm. I spend more than sort of three or four hours sitting down, I start getting chronic pain in my back mm. and it just escalates. It's just not good in the long run. No, you know? it's like not at all. And yeah. it's not, we don't need to do it's it. It's not worth really. it. No. 
it's this kind of like decentralization of the working populace now. Yeah. I really hope it carries on. Yeah. I know like people are crying out saying we need to save Pret and Starbucks, oh, but you know what? Like, they can fuck off. Honestly. Like, let's support local, smaller local economies. And that's what I've spread like, things out. A lot of people have loved doing and a lot of people yeah. have gotten to do is buy local, mm. like shop local, like almost that in fairness, a lot of us will dip into Amazon every once in a while, which <laughs> I literally, every time I do it, I'm like, no, don't give Jeff Bezos your money. Uh, but, but It's just so easy. But, <laughs> it's just so easy. <laughs> but like shopping in local supermarkets and stuff, yes. like it, it re- just supporting like local businesses. You even yourself, you're like, I want to do this because I know that it just means a lot mm-hmm. to the business on the other side rather than fucking Jeff Bezos or whatever. Our final section is mm-hmm. any advice that you might give to, um, you know, to people maybe wanting to move into your sector, in yeah. going into like uh, digital media, account management, mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. Uh, the, the way I sometimes phrase the question would be, what would you say to the 18-year-old Jordan? Oh, my God. <laughs> Do you watch Drag Race? This is very RuPaul. He's yeah. like, he like picks up a picture and he's like, what would you say to five-year-old little Jordan or whatever? Oh, and really? like, they all get emotional. But well, if I'd had the picture of it, I would have, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, great question. What would I say to 18-year-old little Jordan? Um, like, stay away from rowing machines. Stay away from <laughs> rowing machines. Um... I don't know. I think one of the main things is maybe I wouldn't particularly say it to Jordan. No. But I definitely say it to a lot of people. Um, This isn't pointed in any way, but I actually think being nice and being open to having a conversation with people, being friendly, being like, it's so, it's so underrated. Coming into things with an open mind. Honestly, like just like come, come into it with an open mind, be a nice person, listen to people understand if like different people have different struggles like try and not walk through life as if like you're the fucking main character sometimes you do sometimes i do i mean like a lot of the time <laughs> strutting down the street but being being nice <laughs> will get you so much further and your personality yeah. will get you very far i yeah. believe in life i think just actually. being genuine being like, genuine yeah, yeah. it's not um, going out of your way to be like necessarily nice but it's just being interested in what people say yeah. and yeah, having an open mind and exactly. giving people the benefit of the doubt sometimes I think yeah. is crucial. And I think, yeah, if I was to go back to the question in that, what advice would I give? Mm-hmm. I think if you're looking to get into, I don't know, there's so many different avenues when I think of it now, especially with social media, like you could, I mean, obviously like influencers and whatever, like TikTok stars and content creators, like you can almost get into if you wanted like a job like a digital manager an account manager whatever it is and working in content you can almost start with the content side of stuff just doing it yourself Mm -hmm. and then just putting it live and if you have almost an online portfolio that can get discovered like that's a great way to show that one you're able to make the content and two you understand like the landscape of social media Um, because even there's some people that I'll see Um, when I'm researching content creators for a campaign and I just think, oh my God, like you just know exactly who your audience is, exactly what they want. Like a lot of people almost already have the skills when it comes to social media, knowing the landscape and what almost does well and what doesn't do well and how brands can talk to people and how brands shouldn't talk to people. Some of it will come with actual experience in the field, but we're so immersed in it at this point that there will be, you will half understand and there will be a lot of strategy to learn along the way of is this right, is it not right? But if you're trying to get into it, what you mainly need is just that kind of, to almost show off. Yeah, It's almost putting yourself out there to just be like, uh, I actually know X, Y, Z because of this. Yeah, And if you're able to do that without shit loads of experience or without and doing just unpaid that, internships, yeah, just sure. explain mm-hmm. like... And also, if you're nice, (laughs) like that will get you really far. Yeah. If you're like, here's a shitload of experience. Here's like, I'm a content creator and I do all this content online and I'm really sound. I'd love to do something with this agency. Like agencies are very open to entering the the agency in not a traditional way. Yeah. You don't have to. I really don't believe you have to do the internship. I don't think there is a really traditional way anymore, to be honest. Not at all. It's what you've done, what you can do Mm. and the skills you have and your personality. 100%. 100%. Yeah. yeah, definitely. But yeah, be nice. That's, <laughs> that's my takeaway. 
Fantastic, Jordan. Uh, before we leave, is there anywhere we can uh, listen to your songs? <laughs> there are, I actually did put some up on SoundCloud. I really? It feels like such a dope plugging this. <laughs> but I'm going to fucking do it anyway. So it's, sound, oh, so it's soundcloud.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> forward slash, just go into the trending? No. Go into, um, it's forward slash Jor Mulv. So what I've done is like J-O-R-M-L-V. I took the some vowels out, very family creative okay. vibes. For creative. And then like Instagram is Jor Mulv as well. God, I need to change that. And then my Twitter is Jordan underscore Mulvani. Fantastic. Um, yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Mate, thank you so much for coming down. Thank you it's for been having me. It's absolute pleasure. To I've to loved you. it. I didn't even get to drink all of my copper. Bread. No, you didn't. You got another one in the fridge got, as well, mate. I'm going to neck it now. Yeah. Sponsored by Copperberg, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is me like weaving in some spawn con. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. That is all we have time for this week on the podcast, guys. But please subscribe to ensure you catch all of our future episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at family and friends. That's F-M-L-Y and friends, all one word. For news on our new community hub. And please also check out our main page at family creative. That's on Instagram or our main website, family-creative.com. We'll catch you next time.